Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's episode, we're talking about our reverse job fair with our employment service team right here. How you guys doing today? Hey, Ray. Good, Ray. good morning. Good. Yeah, right, good morning. Well, before we get started in our topic for today, which is our reverse job fair, uh, let's do a quick uh, introduction. Let's start with you, Christy. Sure. Well, good morning. I am Christy Russell. I'm the Senior Manager of Adult and Youth Employment Services. That's a long title, uh, but it basically just means that I get to oversee this amazing team. Uh, We provide employment supports and training and education to adults who have lost their vision, who are looking at returning to work, as well as working with our youth as early as age 14 while they're still in school, and teaching work skills, advocacy skills, post-secondary planning, really just anything involving employment (laughs) for people who are blind or visually impaired. All right, Natalie. Good morning, I'm Natalie Leisenbach. I am an employment specialist here. I've been here for coming up on seven years, uh, really working one-on-one with clients, uh, helping them to develop all those employment skills that Christy was just talking about, Uh, helping other job coaches figure out how to be a job coach working with individuals who are blind or visually impaired as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Next we have uh, Matt. Uh, Yeah. Hello, I'm Matt Edwards, and I'm an employment specialist here at Bosma Enterprises as well. And uh, pretty much do all those things Natalie just talked about as well. And just enjoy uh, watching people who are blind or visually impaired go back to work and walk in that journey with them. Sounds good. And last but not least, we have Mr. Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? I'm good, Ray. How are you, buddy? So I take care of all the kiddos, the students, uh, starting at the age of 14, like Christy said, uh, going all the way to the age of 22, as long as they're in an academic standing or university, trade school, whatever that might be. Just talking about the next step, what does that look like after high school? So there's not such a question, an unemployment rate of 70%. Uh, just trying to close that gap, getting kids on the right path, uh, you know, just talking about employment, talking about advocating for yourself, uh, what work looks like for a, a person that's visually impaired, like myself uh, and like Ray. So yeah, that's that's my role here. Sounds good. So uh, we're talking about this reverse job fair you guys got coming up. Uh, so Chris, I'm going to throw this first question out to you. What exactly is a reverse job fair for those who may not know? Well, a reverse job fair is essentially flipping the script on the traditional career fair model. Most of us have heard of a career fair or job fair in which there's usually um, a large room where different companies come in and set up tables around the room who are actively looking for new employees for their organization. They usually are bringing, you know, information, pamphlets, brochures about their organization. Sometimes it may be a recruiter that is there. At times it may be an actual HR professional, or it may be someone on behalf of the outreach team for that organization. And then attending the event is going to be job seekers. And this could be job seekers of any ability. Sometimes career fair is designed for people with disabilities, whereas others are open to the public and it could be anyone attending. And job seekers typically are bringing their resume, dress their best, and they go through and try to network and meet as many of these employers as they can in hopes that, uh, you know, an interview is granted 
or potentially a hiring on the spot. Some employers do offer that or just whatever that next step may be. Well, a reverse job fair is taking that model and flipping it in that the individuals, the job seekers are highlighted at the event. So using the room model, uh, instead of the employers sitting at tables around the room, it's actually going to be job seekers. And then we invite employers to come in who are hiring. And in our case, these are going to be individuals that are actively working with my team in the employment services program who are ready to go to work. Uh, they're ready to get back to work. These are individuals who have worked <laughs> and they're anxiously ready to return to working and support their families and be productive members in their community. Um, and so they're, they're, they're present, they bring their resume. We do a good job of making sure they're identified with their name so um, employers can already have an idea of who they wanna meet when they get there. Uh, if they use any kind of assistive technology, we encourage them to have that set up at their table so they can show employers right off the bat how they do certain things that maybe would be misunderstood or potentially stereotyped in a traditional interview. Um, and our employers come through and actually get to meet with these individuals. We encourage the, the employers to, to try to meet each person because you just never know. You might have one opening in mind. And in fact, after you talk to somebody, you're like, well, actually, they'd be a better fit for this other position we have. So, you know, having an open mind coming in, what I think is unique is we remove this barrier of the vision loss. You know, it, it goes both ways. Our, our clients are always nervous going into an interview of any sort, say, oh, gosh, you know, like, how do I explain my vision loss, or are they going to discriminate me because they don't know how I do it? You know, there's a level of anxiety there. And it's the same on the opposite side of the table for our employers. You know, the, when they're sitting in an interview and they realize somebody comes in who may be of a differing ability, maybe they see a white cane or the glasses, and they're even thinking, oh gosh, well, I, I don't know, this person's visually impaired. You know, they start mentally thinking these things. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to remove that. <laughs> we're going to remove that barrier. Um, you know, our individuals are going to know that these employers coming already know they're visually impaired on some level. So that, that anxiety is off the table. You don't have to worry about that. And our employers are going to know in advance, um, when they sign up that these are individuals living with vision loss on some level. So that is already made aware up front, and the focus really truly gets to be the skills, the prior work history what they bring to the table. And so um, I think that's why we've seen success. And I, and I know we'll probably get into that, but very high level overview. This will be our third annual one. And uh, I know, uh, I know we're really excited for it. So, so what inspired you to do a reverse job fair and not your regular typical job fair that, you know, we normally see? So I'm going to pass this to Natalie. Natalie on our team, um, this has been, we joke, it's her baby. This was a dream of hers prior to COVID when this model of career fairs was just starting to scratch the surface. Um, her and Matt attended one and was like, man, this is really neat at another local agency here. And so we started to talk about it and then COVID hit and we all got sent home. <laughs> so we said, well, that's not going to work now, but let's not, let's not lose this idea. And so we started to think in 2021 when we knew we were going to come back, we knew we might have some restrictions. 
but we really wanted to just get our feet wet and try. So Natalie was absolutely excited. Um, she, <laughs> she, um, took the lead on the reverse job fair and still serves in a lead role for the team to really help coordinate everything. So I want to, uh, to give her a second to really share about her passion for it. Cause I think that's a big component of why it is so successful is because it's being led by someone who really believes in it. Natalie, you want to share? Yeah. I, I think you said a lot of it, right. Um, I absolutely loved this idea the first time that Matt and I saw it. I thought it was such a great way for our clients to connect with our uh, local businesses who are really hiring. And when I got to see this in action, when Matt and I went to our first one, you could see the, the job seeker just really at ease, being able to talk about their skill set and just shine, right? Because they didn't have the barrier of trying to navigate a room and uh, navigate a large crowd of people around them that are, you know, fighting for a spot at a table with a with a specific employer. So I think just being able to really see the promise and potential for our clients to, to get that one-on-one time with our business partners is so crucial for them. When we came back from COVID, I said, Christy, we have to do it. <laughs> We have to do it. And if it doesn't work, okay, but at least we got, got the the chance to try. What we found that first year was it does work. Our business partners that came in loved it. You know, some of the feedback was, you know, it was really fun. It kind of felt like, you know, quote unquote speed dating with the with potential employees. Um and it led to it led to successful job placement. You know, we asked our employers to come in with an open mind. Talk to our clients, talk to each one of them because you don't know what they are going to bring to you necessarily. I don't want to jump the gun here, but one of the things that Matt hears is, okay, well, what are jobs that my people can do? You know, I don't know if I have anything open. (laughs) And Matt really talks with them, you know, bring all of your positions that are open that you're looking to fill because we may have somebody who really fits that bill for you. People who are blind or visually impaired can do all sorts of different type of work. Um, And they're doing it every day, you know, from CEO level on down. And I think that's the unique thing about doing the job there. Let's dispel that myth right now. There's no particular job for a person who is blind or visually impaired. No, there is not. (laughs) Anything can be done. You know, we've seen it. We, I, and it's one of my, my most favorite things of working in this, in this field is watching somebody connect to that passion that they have in the workforce and going to get to do that job, right? If it's chemical engineering, if it is social services or counseling or janitorial or um, historical interpretation. I mean, we've seen so many different careers and levels of, of professions come through our door. And so there's not a a quote-unquote blind job, right? Those don't exist. A quote-unquote blind job is whatever job posting you have open that that person has the skill set for. Our clients have worked. They have strong work history. And, you know, they may not have necessarily been born, born visually impaired, right? They may have worked for 20, 30 years before they lost their vision. They still have all of that knowledge and experience 
to go back to work. And typically by the time they've come to us, they have learned all the skills that they need to, to be able to go back to their profession with accommodations and understanding what they need to do. And it's just that opportunity that they need from an employer uh, to let them in the door. So what do you what do you hear a lot from employers? I know you you guys are always out there in the field working and talking to uh, employers. What what do you hear the most about why they are so hesitant to hire an individual who is blind or visually impaired? Uh, maybe there's just a, a lack of education. Um, maybe they haven't interacted with anybody who's who's blind or visually impaired. But I, I think you know most people have in some way. Uh, but maybe they haven't uh, seen them in a work setting. Uh, that's, that's probably more, more the case, but, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I would say just probably, you know, just lack of experience exposure, uh, to people who are blind or visually impaired. And, and again, especially in, in a workplace, uh, that's just part of our jobs to get out there and do that education. So, um, you know, we obviously want to get in front of as many people as, as we can and, there's not a good match now. Maybe there is down the road. So, yeah. So, so you think some of the images, imagery that we see on TV, you know, because we don't see a lot of individuals who are blind that's working. We we mainly see people who are blind in other roles. Are um, we see them in a negative? We we do see them in a negative light. I mean, we see people who are blind. We don't see them working. That plays a a huge role in people's uh, views of what an individual who is blind can do. So, talk about that a little bit. Uh, just from my opinion, I mean, Hollywood, uh, TV, whatever, gives a very poor perception of people who may be blind or visually impaired or maybe people with disabilities. I mean, yes. uh, recently I've seen on the news, uh, you know, the, the blind architect was amazing. You know, there's 2015 Teacher of the Year here in Indiana, uh, Kathy Nimmer, um, mm -hmm. who's also blind. I mean, there is... Uh, the guy out in Washington State who was a lieutenant governor the, the past four years. Uh, there's amazing stories out there. If people dig them up or whatever, or talk to one of us, we'll tell you all kinds of great things. So, I think, too, sometimes it's like you're human and then you're subcategorized. Oh, but you're blind, so you're over here. You know, mm -hmm. like, and I think, I mean, and again, this is just my own take, but I think sometimes people aren't sure what to do about individuals who are blind because they don't fit the traditional quote unquote, like disability image that we see in media. What, what do we mostly see? Somebody in a wheelchair, right? Like that's usually the go-to, um, I, I want to say depiction, right. Of someone who has a disability. Um, when you think about commercials and things, that's usually what is portrayed. And so media, unless, again, you've had that exposure to somebody with vision loss, you just assume blind means they're going to walk around with a cane and sunglasses because that's how it's been portrayed in the past. It's how it's portrayed in cartoons even, because I think it's hard for people to wrap their mind around someone who's visually impaired, that there's no other disability. You know, I think sometimes our individuals get lumped into like lower cognitive functioning or if you were born with your blindness, then you're also developmentally delayed. I think sometimes it just gets lumped into this other category. Yeah. Whereas, you know, what we know, because we, we live and work in this world, um, that it's everyday people, you know, they, they enjoy everything that everybody else enjoys. It's just their vision is not there or it's, it's different. 
and I think going back to your original question of like, maybe why does this happen from, I try to put my HR hat on sometimes to, to understand the mindset. And I think maybe there's the pressure for an HR person to know everything about every disability and how to accommodate it. Because there is such a push with DEIA and B initiatives in our community. This, there is a heightened awareness of this, um, of diversity and what does this look like in the workplace. And I think it's almost putting a pressure on hiring professionals or HR staff to feel like they need to know all the things. Well, there's no possible way you would know all the ways to accommodate somebody based on their vision loss or whatever their um, disability or need is. And, and you may get somebody who is visually impaired, but also has, you know, limited mobility because maybe they had a stroke. So now you're looking at two very different needs. Yeah. But I think there is a an increase in pressure for HR professionals to be able to just spit out an accommodation for whatever an employee may need. And that's just not possible. There's yeah. no way unless you do like we do every day, how else would you know what exists? And I think we have to figure out how to remove that pressure. And that's education. You know, I feel like we say that every podcast, every, every, every month, education, education. And, and I think it extends past even blindness and low vision, but I, I do, I think with the increased awareness of DEIAB initiatives, there is an increased pressure for HR professionals to feel like they need to have all the answers. And that's just not realistic. Well, yeah, I would I tell them just just talk just talk to the individual because there's no one size fits all when it comes to this blindness. Uh, not everyone, you know, reads braille at a certain speed. I mean, somebody's faster than me. Not everybody can type at a certain speed. So it's just like anyone else. It's not a blind. I call it the blind starter kit. You know, when I lost my sight, <laughs> you know, I got the cane, I got the glasses. I didn't get a dog though, but <laughs> I got everything I need to identify that I was no longer able to see. So that's. That's all my mother knew. So she only knew what she knew from watching, you know, watching television. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh, so let's get back to this reverse job fair. I like that. That just wanted to throw that out there a little bit, just to really educate. But uh, so who, um, how would you uh, tell an individual coming to this reverse job fair? What would you tell them to do to stand out? Um, you know, to make themselves more marketable when they're talking to employers. I can do this one. Um, so actually, I participated in a, a reverse job fair. It might have been the one Natalie and Matt are talking about when they saw at a different provider. So one, it just took the pressure away. But how I like to stand out is I provided water, uh, candy, things that I really enjoyed when I still had, you know, in college when I was going to job fairs, um, making sure I had enough resumes on the table. Uh, any, I didn't sit down, you know, making sure I stood up, uh, try to really put my energy in the room, uh, bright colors, you know, even having a tablecloth over my table. So it looked, uh, unique to, uh, the, the employers coming in. So I really just tried to stand out as much as possible because without vision, I, you know, I can't see who's coming up. So, you know, yeah. even then I filled out a little piece of paper and said, Hey, you know, I might miss a handshake. So please don't be offended. Um, just tell me your hands out there or when you come up, you know, introduce yourself. And I always put my hand out first as you know, you learn that as a person with vision loss. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I try to provide candy, water, you know, make their experience when they meet me as, as memorable as possible uh, and as fun as possible and professional to a point. Um, but I, I wanted to stand out. I did that, definitely not want to hide behind the table and sit down and, you know, but no, I was, I was trying to bring the energy in the room when I did mine and Natalie was there. So she understands. <laughs> it, and Aaron really did, you know, and I think that, I think that's kind of the fun thing about the reverse chapter that our clients get to have fun as well and, and shine their personality. Uh, you know, I would say we tell clients, you're, you're going to treat this like it is in the You're going to dress professional. You're going to come with your A game, be prepared to talk to people, tell them about yourself. Uh, and so, you know, we're working on all those skills behind the scene before our clients even uh, step foot in the room to talk to employers. So do you prep the clients prior to the reverse job fair, like work on elevators? That's something we work on regularly with our clients, mm -hmm. making sure that they're feeling really comfortable with that elevator pitch, right? We understand that that's the catch, right? That, that gets you on the line once you uh, to get to know that person more if they can give a good elevator speech. So that's something that we're practicing consistently with clients. Uh, who will be at the job fair, reverse job fair, and even those who are not uh, quite ready for that. That's something that we're working on with them so that when that day comes, and it, it's, it's polished and ready to go. Sounds good. So how can an employer get involved with this reverse job fair? Uh, well, that would kind of start out with me. So my contact information is out on our all our flyers and everything. So um I can spell out my email address as well if you'd like me to. Uh, but really, uh, look at all our uh, Bosman Enterprises uh, social media channels. We have um, our advertisement up um, and all, all that uh, avenue and everything. Uh, but they can also just directly reach right out to me and we can start that conversation. This is the job fair. So October 26th, we are inviting employers to come in for that registration starting at 3 o'clock, 3.30, for you to come in, have some, you know, a little snack, get registered, do a little bit of networking, get comfortable, and then we will open up those doors to that job fair to, to find your candidate for employment. Sounds good. That's exciting. This reverse job fair, October 26th, Bosma's Woodland Center. Uh, so if they want to contact Matt Edwards, they'll get with you at matte at bosma.org for more information. And Christy, if they want to learn more about our employment services team or if somebody's out here looking for a job, how will they get in contact with you? Absolutely. And I will say, I, I want to make sure I heard you say Woodland Center. We are actually hosting the reverse job fair at our corporate location, okay. uh, 6270 Corporate Drive, only because it's bigger. <laughs> we have a okay. bigger room at that location. So I want to make sure everyone arrives to the right place yeah. on October 26th. Um, if anyone has any questions or wants to know uh, more about our employment services program, both for our adults and youth, feel free to shoot me an email. And my email is christyr at bosma.org. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y-R at B-O-S-M-A.org. Of course, lots of information available on our website, bosma.org backslash center. And as Matt said, all of our social media channels, we have information everywhere. Uh, so please reach out if you have any questions at all. We'd love to talk to you. October 26th, reverse job fair. Definitely reach out. We expect a nice crowd at our corporate drive location right here in Indianapolis. So 
Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for coming in on the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. And make sure you're following Bob on all social media platforms. There's Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray.